Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Welcome, Lake Point family. If you guys got your Bibles, head over to Romans chapter 8. That's where we're going to be today. Romans chapter 8. Hey, if I seem a little weary or worn down, guys, it's because I became a father of three this week. Come on, man. That's right. Thank you. That's right. Let me, uh, let me introduce you to, uh, we got a call earlier this week, and this right here is my new son, Hudson Riley Howerton, right there. And then here's an awe picture. Give me an awe. That's my little boy. Let me just go ahead and say we're learning very quickly that boys are different than girls. Uh, Jana uh, was introduced to the full experience the first night we had her. Um, Jana, while changing a diaper, was, shall we say, christened um, by our new son. And uh, you know, it's really funny. Uh, some of you guys, I posted that on social media, and some of you guys, um, you had uh, suggestions or sympathies for us. Um, there's a lady that's probably in the room right now uh, at a Rockwall campus named Janet Hamilton. She took a different approach and she said, way to go, Hudson. Okay, so, you know, I wanna thank her. Well, hey, where we are is uh, we're in the third week of a series that we're just calling Seven Words to Change Your Life. And these are words that we believe that when you master them, that they can change your life. And the one that we're looking at today, you know, this is not a word that we typically think of as one to change your life. We think of it, in it with a negative connotation. Um, but this word really has the power to change your life. Let me give you an example. Um, I have a friend, I'm gonna call him Jeff. Um, Jeff's story started when he was very young and he viewed explicit content that he was given in a, in a pool house near his neighborhood. And it ended with him viewing or, or uh, visiting with women who were not his wife in his hotel room. And now another man tucks his kids into bed at night. There is one word that if Jeff had learned to use at the right moment in his life, his entire life would be different. It's the word no. If he simply would have mastered the word no. Um, I'll give you another one. Uh, do you guys know this? When it comes to you fulfilling your calling, you guys understand the devil doesn't have to destroy you if he can just distract you. See, saying yes to one thing is saying no to something else. And so if the devil can get you to say yes to enough things, he can distract you from the great thing that you were put on earth to do and you'll never fulfill your calling. It's really funny. A lot of people think that people who fulfill their callings are people who master the word yes. You gotta put your yes on the table. Actually, people who fulfill their callings are people who have mastered the word no. What did Nehemiah say when somebody uh, requested his time when he was fulfilling his calling? Do you remember? He said, I am involved in a great project and I cannot come down. He mastered the word no, and because he mastered the word no, he fulfilled his calling. You will find the exact same thing in your life. You'll never be the person, you'll never fulfill the thing that God has put you on earth to fulfill until you master the word no. Now, what I wanna do is I wanna show you why you struggle, we all do, why do we struggle to say no, 
how can we get the power to say no? All right, so Romans chapter eight, all right, check this out with me. This is Romans eight, couple verses here. It says, for if you live according to, now here's a character, the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Now let me say this. This passage actually doesn't use the word no, but when it says put to death, what that is, is that's a violent no. If you ask a girl on a date and she says no, that's one thing. If you ask a girl on a date and she kills you, that's a violent no, okay? So that's what it's saying. If you give a violent no to the misdeeds of the body, you'll live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God, watch this, are the children of God. Children of God, okay? Now, let me first explain why we struggle to say no. And what you're gonna notice for you Bible scholars is this passage, it introduces two characters that are at war inside of every Christian. Here are the two characters, the flesh and the spirit. And they're always at war inside of a Christian, okay? Now, let me explain what that is. Your flesh, that's not the physical part of you that you can touch. Your flesh is the spiritual part of you, watch this, that wants to live independently of God. And the Holy Spirit is the force inside of a Christian that wants to live dependently on God in faith. So watch this. Your flesh is the part of you that always says I. The Greek word ego is associated with the flesh in the Bible. So in your spirit, the Holy Spirit is the part inside of a Christian that always says he. So when it comes to decisions, your flesh is the part of you that always says, well, what would that do for me? How would that make me more famous? How would that advance my cause? How would that make me more wealthy? How would that grow my kingdom? The Holy Spirit is the part inside of a Christian that always says, man, what about him? What would make him famous? What would advance his kingdom? What would make him greatly known? What would elevate him? Now, here's how this works. The Spirit is what moves you to worship, but watch this. In the Bible, it often talks about the lusts of the flesh. Now, here's what's interesting. When we hear the word lusts, we usually think of sexual desire. That's not what the Bible means when it uses the word lust. Watch this. The Greek word that gets translated lust, it's the Greek word epithumia. It's the Greek prefix epi that means over, and the Greek word thumia, it means desire. So, so watch this. Lusts are not sexual desires, they're over desires. And when you over desire something, you lose the ability to say no. Okay, let me, let me give you some examples. So for instance, do you understand this? The problem in your life isn't that you love bad things. The greatest problem in your life is that you over love good things. Okay, so for instance, uh, let, me, let me give some case studies. Um, is wine a good thing? Some of you guys are like, sure is. You're right, right? Tra track with me. Uh, according to the Bible, is wine a good thing? Well, yeah. In moderation for celebration, not medication. Wine can be a good thing, but watch this. If you love it too much, you'll lose the ability to say no and you'll live in drunkenness. I'll give you another one. Uh, is work a good thing? <laughs> that one would be kind of confusing, right? But yeah. The Bible says work's a good thing. God created work before the fall. It gives meaning, purpose, value, fulfillment to our lives. But if you overlove your work, you'll lose the ability to say no and you'll sacrifice your family and your morality. I'll give you another one. Are kids a good thing? Some of you are like, well, sometimes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, they sometimes act more like uh, short little demons than sweet little angels. But kids are a good thing. But watch this. If you love them too much, you'll smother them or your heart will become in an unhealthy way enmeshed with them where their rebellion condemns you and their success completes you. I'll give you one more. This one is kind of a trick question. Um, is the acceptance and approval of people, is that a good thing? 
Yeah, it is. But if you overlove it, here's what your life will look like. Your whole life you'll look like this. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like, do you like my hairstyle? Do you like this? It was a really expensive haircut. It's really stylish. Do you like my haircut? What about my jeans? They're the perfect cut. I got the kind where you can see the tag on the back and you see the brand name, the really expensive jeans. Do you like me because of my jeans? What about my Instagram profile? Do you love my Instagram profile? I liked your post, but you didn't like my post. I followed you, but you didn't follow me back. I, took, I worked really hard on the caption. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? I texted you. Why haven't you texted me? I texted you 17 minutes ago and, and you haven't responded to me. There were bubbles. I saw the bubbles right there and the bubbles went away. What happened to the bubbles? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? And then you'll ask, man, do you like me? Do you like that I'm a Christian? Oh, you don't like that I'm a Christian all the time? Well, I can just be kind of a Christian some of the time. Do you like me? Do you like me? And what you'll find is that your whole life is controlled by people, so watch this. What will happen is the flesh makes us over-desire so we can't say no to our over-desires. Here's what we need. We need a power that is stronger than the flesh, that can give us the ability to say no, and here's who that is. That's who the Bible calls the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can give you that power. Okay, now, now track with me. Did you notice this passage didn't say, for if by your willpower you put to death the misdeeds of the body. You understand, your willpower is not strong enough to overcome the things that will destroy you. Okay, I heard somebody say it like this. They said, trying to kill sin apart from the power of the Spirit is like open hand slapping a bear. That ain't gonna work. Uh, and we all know this. Have you guys ever made a New Year's resolution? Hey, some of you guys, your New Year's resolution was to lose 20 pounds, 20 pounds, only got 25 to go. That's what's going on. <laughs> See, uh, your, your willpower is not strong enough, so we need a power greater, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say this to you. Some of you are so discouraged right now because you think, man, you think, man, my failures are too many, my addictions are too deep, my desires are too strong. Can I say something to you? You were born a slave to your sinful desires, but you can be born again. That can happen to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, let me ask this question, how? How does the Holy Spirit give us a power to overcome the flesh, okay? Well. What this passage said is that what the Spirit does is he gives us, we're no longer slaves to fear, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, we've been given a spirit of adoption as sons. Can I just say something to you? This week, a spirit of adoption as sons, that feels really personal to me. You know, so uh, Wednesday, I just want you to think about this. I'm discovering, we've had Hudson home for two or three days. Here's what I'm discovering. He is not very helpful around the house. Uh, what I've figured out is that, you know, just think about this in the passage. No, we're no longer slaves, no longer spirit of slavery. Now we've been given a spirit of sonship. Here's the difference. Slaves are valued by what they can do. Sons are valued by who they are. You understand that? So Hudson, uh, he's not very helpful around the house. You know what he has not done a single time yet, the little jerk? He has not one time waited for us to get a good night's sleep before he asked for a bottle. Uh, he did not ask permission, permission to urinate on my wife this first night we had him. He did not do that. Uh, that kid, he has not helped out with one chore around the house. That's, uh, he doesn't even have a job yet. It's really frustrating. Contributes absolutely nothing to our house. Totally inconsiderate. But watch this. I love that kid with my whole heart. <laughs> do you know why? Because he's my son. I don't love him for what he can do. I love him for who he is. And what the Bible says the Holy Spirit does is he pours out uh, a spirit of sonship in our hearts so that we feel the great love of God in our hearts and that causes us to want to obey him and say no to anything that's not of him. Okay, now, for you, you Bible scholars, let me help you out. 
That's what the Bible calls serving in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Okay, now I brought an example, a visual example of this, so track with me here. This right here is, these are both, I have two legal documents with me right here, okay? Now this one, this is uh, our new house's mortgage contract. It is over a hundred pages of pure brutality. That's what this is, okay? And so we sat down not too long ago and it was just, I mean, it was brutal just signing this thing. That's what it was. Uh, this is a hundred over a hundred pages long. Now, here's what I have right here. This is Jana's and my marriage license. It is one page long, okay? Now, can I just point something out to you? This covers a very limited scope of my life. It covers the current house that we will live in for, you know, if we fulfill our mortgage 15 years. That's all this does, okay? This covers an enormous amount of my life. The most important person in my life, my family's life that uh, controls, you know, a lot of things about the decisions that we make, but this is only one page. Now, can I ask you a question? Why is this thing that covers only a small part of my life, 100 pages, but this thing that covers my entire life, only one page, you know why? Let me say something very blunt. Because I am not in love with my mortgage company. Now I gotta say that very delicately because an elder at our church owns my mortgage company, okay? But, but I own, I, listen, I am not in love with our mortgage company. If there were, I wanna give our mortgage company the least possible amount that I can give them without going to jail. If there were a way for me to give a single dollar less to our mortgage company than I have to, I would do it. And so this document has to list out every imaginable ob obligation, every penalty, all those things, all the rules, okay? Now, the story behind this document is very different. See, Jan and I, we met on a blind date right after uh, we graduated from college. After our second date, Jana was very unsure that she wanted to go even on a third date with me. But I kept going, I kept pursuing because I'm nothing if I'm not persistent. And then on the greatest day of her earthly life, October 8th, 2005, Jana said, I do, and we became husband and wife. Now, here's what's really interesting about that. Can I point something out to you? When I married Jana, nobody had to tell me to hug her and kiss her and show affection to her. When I married Jana, nobody had to tell me not to sleep with other women. Nobody had to tell me we got married to buy her white cheese dip when she's emotional. Nobody had to tell me, uh, you know, to tell, nobody had to teach me, nobody had to put in a legal document to say you're crazy when she asked if she looks fat in those jeans. See, I just naturally knew to do all those things. Do you understand why? Because when you're in love with someone, you naturally obey all the rules. And you see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit pours out the love of God into our hearts so that we naturally wanna obey the rules. Can I just say something to some of you? Some of you, you think Christianity is so hard and complicated and you just can't get the hang of it. Can I say something to you? Listen, will you just stop thinking about all the rules and everything else? If you'll just fall in love with Jesus, everything will fall into place. If you'll just fall in love with Jesus, everything will fall into place. And what the Holy Spirit does is he pours out the love of God in our hearts so that we fall in love with God and then we naturally find ourselves wanting to obey him. Now here's a big question. How then can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? Where do we get that power? You know, uh, my grandfather, I've mentioned this before, my grandfather was a, uh, a traveling evangelist in K Kentucky when I was growing up. 
And uh, what my grandfather, he used to tell this old preacher story about an evangelist who had uh, a story that he would tell, a, a sermon that he would uh, do at, oh, you guys remember the old country revivals? And he would go to the revival and he had a, a sermon on the Holy Spirit. And what he would do when he went is he would find a kid in the church and he'd pay him a dollar and he'd hand him a dove. The Holy Spirit appeared like a dove in the Bible. Pay him a dollar, he'd hand him a dove, and he'd tell him to climb up in the rafters. And there was always a little opening in the ceiling above the choir loft in those old churches. And he'd tell the kid that when he got to the crescendo of the sermon, when he heard him yell, Holy Spirit, come down, the kid was supposed to open the hatch and throw out the dove, right? And so sure enough, he got to that crescendo in his sermon, and he said, Holy Spirit, come down, and uh, nothing happened. And so he looked around, he, he just said it a little louder, he said, Holy Spirit, come down, nothing happened. And so he cleared his throat, and he said it really, I said, I said, I said, Holy Spirit, come down. As soon as he did that, a scared little kid peeked his head over the top and said, a cat ate the Holy Spirit, want me to throw him down instead? <laughs> That's it, right. Well, listen, that begs a genuine question. How can we get the Holy Spirit to come down in our lives? Well, can I give you just some very practical things? Let me, let me speak very practically to you. Number one, and I wanna beg you to do this. Number one, guys, you simply have to ask. Jesus said this, he said, what father, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a stone? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You guys know that there's only one thing that God never wants you to be content with in your life. You know what it is? The amount of activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. God wants you to be radically discontent with the amount of the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life. There's a quote from uh, my favorite preacher in all of history, an old dead guy named Charles Spurgeon. I'm gonna read you this quote, and I've updated it to take out the these and thous, but just track with me. This is what he said. He said, thank God for a little grace, and then ask him for great grace. He's given you hope, ask for faith. And when he gives you faith, ask for assurance. And when you get assurance, ask for full assurance. And when you've obtained full assurance, ask for enjoyment. And when you have enjoyment, ask for glory itself and he shall surely give it thee in its own appointed season. Guys, never, never stop asking for God to pour out more of his Holy Spirit on your life. Okay, now number two, this is very practical. You've got to read the word of God. You've got to. Guys, some of you, let me speak just bluntly to you. Some of you, you have so much confusion in your life that you can't get to convictions. I want you to think about everybody in your life that's telling you what to believe and think and do. You got Fox News, CNN, Twitter, Facebook, teachers, parents, friends, bosses, authors, skinny jeans wearing pastors. Well, here's what you need to do. What you need to do is you've got to develop the ability to get alone in a room, shut the door, open your Bible, and just say out loud, everybody shut up but Jesus. Everybody shut up but Jesus. Listen, every word of the Bible was inspired and breathed out by the Holy Spirit. So if you want to hear the Spirit of God, read the Word of God. You wanna hear the Spirit of God? Read the Word of God, okay? That's number two, now watch this, number three. This is very practical, how to say no to the flesh, yes to the Spirit. Say your no in advance. You've gotta to learn to say your no in advance. Every mature Christian learns to do this. There's a passage uh, in one of Paul's epistles where he says this. He says, make no provision for the flesh. Do you guys know what that means? That means God is saying, don't even put yourself in a position for your flesh to get the advantage and tempt you. Don't even do that. 
You need systems, boundaries, and decisions in your life where what you're doing is you're saying you're no in advance. Let me give you a, a real life example, okay? If you come to me and you say, hey, Pastor Josh, I really need help overcoming this temptation in my life. And I say, hey, man, tell me what's going on in your life. And then you say to me, well, man, every time I sleep over at my girlfriend's house, we just seem to, I'm gonna stop you, and I'm gonna say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, bro, your problem isn't that you're evil. Your problem is that you're just dumb. That's your problem, okay? You're putting yourself in a position where the flesh is gonna win every single time. Don't sleep at your girlfriend's house. See, what you've gotta learn to do is say your no in advance by making a decision ahead of time that says, I'm not gonna put myself in a position for the flesh to get the advantage. So in my life, guys, in my house, I've got accountability software on every imaginable device we have. That's me saying my no in advance to viewing something I shouldn't view. Uh, Jan and I, we automate our giving. Do you know why we do that? We're saying our no in advance to us spending, our money, uh, spending money on ourselves that belongs to God. I don't stay in hotel rooms alone anywhere that I go. Uh, us, uh, a, ch a church attendance is on my family's iCal in our phones. Do you know what we're doing? We're saying our no in advance to the flesh getting the advantage and getting us to do something that we shouldn't do. You've gotta learn to say your no in advance. Now, let me say this, this is free, I didn't say this yesterday. It's sitting on the screen. You've got to commit to a spiritual family. Guys, the spirit of God moves through the people of God. And what some of you need to do is you're never gonna experience the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life that you need until you get into a life group or you step into our next steps class and you let us help you connect to the body here. You're never gonna do it. You've gotta, so you've gotta commit to a spiritual family so the Spirit of God can move through the people of God. Now, can I encourage some of you that are really discouraged right now? Can I do that? Some of you, while I'm talking, all you can think about are your failures. And you keep thinking about how, man, in your life what you've done is you try and you fail, and you try and you fail, and you take a step and then you fall and you fail. And what you think God is doing is that he's really disappointed with you, disgusted with you, and angry at you. Can I just encourage you really quick? Okay, if you ever notice this, in the Bible, the number one word that it uses for our relationship with the Spirit is the Bible says that we walk by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit, okay? Do you parents in the room, do you remember what it was like when your kids were learning to walk? Remember there, there came that time where uh, your kid uh, first lifted up their head off the blanket for the first time. And you were like, all right, you know, it's amazing. And then there came a moment where your kid got up on all fours for the first time in their life. And your first kid, you were excited. And for the other two, you were like kicking their legs out from underneath them. I don't want them walking. Like, it gets a little harder. And then, you know, eventually they start pulling up on furniture that kind of thing. And then eventually there comes a day where, you know, we, we had this with our, uh, our second daughter, Felicity. Uh, she was in the 97th percentile in head circumference and the third percentile in body weight. She looked like a walking candy apple. And so what would happen is she'd pull that big old lollipop head up and she'd look at us, that kind of thing. And then she'd sort of, she'd try to, you know, shuffle a foot forward, she'd fall. But we were just cheering her on. And eventually there came a day where she just, shuffled one foot forward and looked at us and then shuffled another foot forward and then she fell and we just burst out into applause. Now listen, do you know what no parent ever does? No parent, when their kid takes their first steps, ever looks at their kid and goes, you idiot. All you could do was one step. 
how unbelievably disappointing you are. You ought to be, why, why not five steps? No parent does that. Do you know what parents do? When their kids take that first step, parents, they burst into applause and they're in tears and they're taking pictures and they're going, you're doing it, you're doing it. And do you guys know that your heavenly father is looking down at you, taking your first step and then falling? And what he's doing is he's going, you're doing it, they're doing it, I knew you could do it. And so some of you are here and here's your story. This is the first time in your whole life you've been to church two weeks in a row. And you know what your heavenly father, he's not mad you haven't been before now, he's going, you're doing it, you're doing it, I'm so proud. Some of you uh, this week, maybe you told the truth for the first time in your life when you always would have told a lie before because now you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit is embodying, uh, 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 pouring himself out in your life. And that's what God's doing, he's going, they're doing it, they're doing it, I'm so proud. Some of you read the Bible two days in a row this week, first time in your life, and you didn't the other days of the week. God's not mad at you. What he's doing is he's going, you're doing it. He's cheering you on right now. Why? Because he's a heavenly dad, and he loves seeing his kids take their first steps. And so listen, your whole life, you're going to try, and you're going to fail, and you're going to try, and you're going to fail, and your heavenly father's going to be there to pick you up, put you back on your feet, and he's going to be cheering you along all the way as you walk by the Spirit and say no to the flesh. Now, can I pray for you that God would pour out his spirit on your life right now? I just wanna pray for you right now. Father, would you please do that? Would you pour out your spirit in a unique way? I pray that just like good dads on earth give good gifts to their kids, that right now you would be given the good gift of the Holy Spirit to us while we ask even in our seats. So Father, help us experience your heavenly fatherhood in a way we never have before. You are such a good dad and you give such good gifts to your kids. We love you, thank you so much for Jesus Christ crucified for the sins of the world so that we would not be condemned but we would have a spirit of sonship and adoption. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen, amen. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. Slash